Welcome to the one on one. When it comes to ratings, man, we number one. I get the truth, then I give them the scoop. If anybody got a question, I give them the proof. Welcome to the one on one. When it comes to ratings, man, we number one. I get the truth, then I give them the scoop. If anybody got a question, I give them the proof. Welcome to one on one at Legacy Lake Sports Network. Hello, everybody. Darrell Owens, Legacy Maker Sports Network, and you are back for another edition of One on One here on the Legacy Maker Sports Network, episode 39. We're sitting here in season uh, two, and we're about seven episodes in. And with me today, I have one of the best in the industry, my man, Mr. Teron Davenport of NFL Nation on ESPN. He is the uh, beat reporter for the Tennessee Titans. Teron, how you doing, brother? Hey, Darrell, what's going on, man? I appreciate you having me. It's funny. You know, I I, I want to say Terrell, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Terrell Owens, you know what I mean? But, hey, I appreciate you having me on. Man, I used to get that a lot as a kid. Is that your cousin? Yeah. No, he's not my cousin. Now, I mean, it'd be <laughs> cool, but no, he not, no, he's not my cousin. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, we always get one-on-one start off with the check-in. So, Teron, I just want to check on you and your family, man. You know, obviously, it's been a wild year. Um, you know, a lot been going on between elections and social distancing and you name it. Just tell me how you and your family have been um, working through uh, this pandemic. Yeah, everything is going well for the family. We have uh, settled into Nashville and it, it's been good. And we just kind of have drawn closer, right, in, in, this, in this time where there's not really much that you're able to do outside of the house. We found some things to do in the house. My daughters have really uh, blossomed as far as uh, their cooking ability and things like that, and they're experimenting with different things. And it, it's it's been it's been great, man. Everything has been great, and I hope everything is going well with you and yours. Yeah, well, we're we're definitely pushing through. It's been tough times, you know. We lost a couple people here and there, but for the most part, uh, everybody's doing well. And congratulations to your daughter, I believe, from graduating yes. from college. Am I wrong on that one? Yes, my oldest, my Deja. Yeah, she's she's uh, 22. Howard University graduate, she got her, uh, she did it, man, magna cum laude, you know, I, I, I can't, I can't, uh, magna cum laude, I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's you know, she did her thing. She's a bison for life. That's right. <laughs> well, that, you know, you know, to you probably have, you know, you know, been through a lot, obviously, in your life, but tell me, tell me about that time, that, that, that time when you knew as a young man, as young TD, I should say, that you knew um, that you were going to have such a passion for sports. What moment happened that you said, man, sports is going to be my life? Yeah, a lot of people don't know, but baseball was actually my first passion. And I, I grew up a Mets fan. I used to live in New York. And, you know, my aunt, she got me hooked on the Mets. And ironically, she's a Yankee fan. But I remember she brought a newspaper home, and it, it was it, it was Newsday. They would always have a, a a cartoon that they would draw on the cover, and that would be it was an insert, and that would be for baseball season. So it was the preview, 
And I remember there was a, a picture of this guy had a big thing of bubble gum in, in his in his mouth, and he had just like a, a they had him in his stance, and it was crazy. And he had this this really interesting last name, and I thought it was made up. His last name was Strawberry, you know. And wow. Daryl Strawberry is wow. the guy that really got me hooked on on, on sports. And I, I remember just going to Mets games and just. The excitement at Shea Stadium, I couldn't wait. I remember I used to lit, sit on my, my aunt's stoop waiting for her to come home with my little transition radio and uh, a, a copy of the National. If you remember that newspaper, it was a sports-only newspaper. And I'm just looking at that, and I am just couldn't wait for her to come home to take me to the game. So that's really how it started. 1986 probably was the big year because that's when it just went uh, just to a different level for me. Uh, I, I remember I got – and it's funny, I joked with uh, Howard Johnson about this on, on Twitter. You know, I, I told him that, that your team in 86 got me one of the worst beatings I ever got. Because <laughs> in the National League Championship game going against the, the Houston Astros, uh, it was game six to be exact. And that went extra innings. And I, I woke up and I snuck into the living room and I was watching the game. And I got a beating for that because I needed to be in bed for it. So. I'm still a Mets fan, you know, and, and they disappoint me every year. But, you know, it's it's a relationship that I continue to maintain, and that's really my only sports team. So that's really when it really kicked over. But then actually playing football, developing that love for that sport, that's really when when it, it went to, like, this, this actually loving the sport, a sport itself, you know, that, that you participated in. You know, it's crazy because, um, you know, I look at that and I know the Mets have been through some tough times. Mets, Jets, Mets, Jets. But imagine being a Seattle Mariners fan. That's this oh. guy right here. <laughs> at least you can say you've been to the World Series. You got you got a ring or two. My guy's just trying to make the playoffs again for the first time since I was a junior in high school. And for those out there, I'm 36. It's been a long time. That's all I'm saying. Just get me back in the playoffs, and then I we will work on World Series and all that stuff later. Just get me in the playoffs so I can, you know, my friends won't laugh at me and all that good stuff. That's all we're asking for. <laughs> you had Junior for a bit, man. I know, you know, man. That's why I'm a Mariners fan. I mean, when I was yeah. 10, you know, Ken Griffey, you know, that was it. Ken Griffey, you know, Randy Johnson, uh, my man, Edgar, Mar my man, Edgar Martinez, oh, yeah. you know, um, you know, those guys, J Jay Buhner, uh, I mean, Jay Buhner, yeah. that was my squad. And, you know, yes, we had a young Alex Rodriguez, but uh, that was towards the end of that reign. But no, those guys for me were, you know, they made me a, a Mariners fan. And maybe one day I can say yes. That's just maybe one day. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully, Jack Kellenick, you know, that's a guy that, that, that came over in that trade with, with Francisco Rodriguez and, and uh, what's my man's name? Cano. Uh, Cano, Robinson yeah, yeah, yeah. Cano. You know, so hopefully he'll be manning center field for you soon. We'll see. I mean, they, they you know, I don't knock on wood. We'll see how they do. We'll see how they yeah. do. <laughs> Now, obviously, you've been in, in in the world of journalism now for a while. You've covered a couple of NFL teams, I believe, uh, Eagles and Ravens. Now um, you're in Tennessee. But tell us, where where did that bug say, all right, it's time for me. I want to be in sports journalism. Where did that bug come from? Well, for me, it was really just trying to find a way I could still be involved with football when the opportunities to go pro just didn't happen. Now, I got some looks. I worked out for a couple Canadian League teams, a couple arena teams. Uh, Hamilton, 
Tiger Cats, Saskatchewan Rough Riders, New York Dragons, New Jersey Gladiators, and, and none of it worked out. And I, I just, I, I, I love football. I still love football. So it was a relationship that I wanted to continue. And I remember I was doing football camps with a, with a, a friend of mine, and we did camps for all kinds of players, uh, Deshaun Jackson, Marion Barber, uh, Jason Avant, a, a whole bunch of guys. And I remember just sitting there talking shot with them, and, and we're going back and forth. And they're like, wow, you know, that's a good point. And I'm like, hold up. And right around that time, Bleacher Report got purchased by Time Warner. I think it was for like $30 million or Turner. Turner, that, well, whoever, I think it was Turner. Mm-hmm. It was for like $30 million. And I'm like, wait a minute. If these guys could do that, so can I. So I built my own website. It's called Press Cover Sports. I taught myself how to how to build the site. I did it with Front Page, and I was covering the, the 49ers. I had a couple college teammates covering other teams for me, and we were just loading it up with content. Then I, I was able to parlay that into some other opportunities. Uh, Bay Sportsnet was eventually where I first got my credentialed uh, opportunity, and I did an article on on Colin Kaepernick actually before I got to base sports now. It was after his Thursday start, uh, his, his first start, Thursday night football against the Bears. And I did it. I, I guess it was a really good review. He liked it. Through doing the camps, I connected with his agent because I wanted to do a, a camp in, in San Francisco, which would be manned by him. Right. And uh, his agent saw it, sent it to him. He put it on Facebook. And all of a sudden, outlets in, in San Francisco and the Bay Area were reaching out. And that's how I was able to work through a couple of channels and be credentialed with Bay Sportsnet. And then from there, uh, Baltimore Times, uh, I, I wanted to, because I was in Pennsylvania, flying back and forth to San Francisco to, to do some of the things that I was doing as far as covering games and, and practices and, and, and training camp and that type of thing. And uh, I said, this is, this is too much. And also I was a 49ers fan. Right. And I, I just, I, I, I think it's, always tough for a, a person who's a fan of a team to cover that team right. so i said okay well i'm in philly i could do eagles i could do ravens and i looked at philly and i said well you know that market is, is oversaturated so i said well let me reach out to i reached out to every single outlet in baltimore one replied and that was the baltimore times and they gave me an opportunity cover the ravens for two years there then things opened up because throughout that time, I was also doing draft work with uh, Emory Hunt, a football game plan. Emory and then Hunt. I did some draft work. The USA Today uh, Digital Media Group, they started uh, a series of uh, websites called The Wire. Right? You had Jets Wire, Ravens Wire, et cetera, et cetera. I was doing draft stuff for, for Jets Wire. And then they decided to open up Eagles Wire. And that was my opportunity to to come to Philly, right, and, and well, stay in Philly and, and, and be able to drive 25, 30 minutes to a facility instead of flying three hours or driving two. So it was a great opportunity. I was able to blossom there, connected with uh, Philly Sportsnet, which uh, became NBC Sports Philly, did a lot of TV stuff there, did radio with, with Bleeding Green Nation on WIP, and it, it just continued to, to blossom. I was able to do – I did two books, uh, one on Carson Wentz, that 2017 Super Bowl year, and that's when ESPN called. They sent me an email, and, and you know, they're like, hey, would you be interested in one of our NFL Nation positions? And I, 
Like, I don't curse, but, you know, in my mind, I was like, hell yeah. Hey, you know, so Put me in, man. Let's go. Yeah. You know, we did some phone interviews, and I flew up there, interviewed uh, for two days, and, and, and here we are, man, and there's no turning back. And it's an opportunity that, you know, I, I feel like I, I've, I've uh, maximized. Uh, I think, you know, it's a blessing. And it's crazy because here I am, a guy who I have a marketing degree, right? So when I first got to ESPN and they tell me about leads and write-throughs and these type of things, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I could do it. I could do it. And then as soon as I get away from them or as soon as I get off the phone, I'm Googling lead. I'm Googling walkthrough to figure out what – or write-through, rather, to figure out what it was. So I say all that to say, man, never think you're, you're underqualified. And when you have that desire, that passion, that will to just simply make it happen and do whatever it takes, you can do it. You know, and hearing you talk about building your brand um, and, and, and getting your brand to where it is. And look, look at you, you know, for all those people like myself who are trying to build their brand. And, you know, I, I think this is year five for me and, you know, seeing some strides, but seeing someone, you know, take it from there to where you are now is proof in the pudding that if you put the work in, it can get done. Yeah, yeah. Like Ray Lewis said, the only thing that that follows hard work is results. I, I couldn't have said it better myself, brother. Now you, we talked. You, you spoke of the Titans, and obviously you've been covering the Titans for the last couple of years. You've had the honor, honor of seeing our man Derrick Henry just roll through some folks here in the last couple of years. Uh, I've always been a huge you know, fan of Derrick Henry and his game and just, you know, old school football, still kind of baffled that he fell in the second round. I, that, that, never, yeah. that, never, that never quite circled for me. But, you know, I, I know Hasman Trophy winners haven't had the best of luck here and there. But you get the honor of doing that. You saw the resurgence. Uh, give us your thoughts on the Tennessee Titans, obviously, um, you know, coming up for the next following year. They just had the draft. Give, give us some of your insight on that. Yeah, well, like you, I, I've long appreciated Derrick Henry's game, and I was puzzled that he went in the second round. And it's funny, two years ago, I, I was talking to him in the locker room, and I was like, man, you know, you, you've, you've caused me to be in a lot of arguments, man. I'm going to tell you, I've been in so many debates. I, and and I, I made him laugh because I said, I've been debating about you since 2015. And he was like, yo, damn, you really are an OG. And yeah, I mean, it just – I appreciate his game. So I mentioned Derrick Henry first because, for me, offensively, it all revolves around him, right. right? And from there, it goes to Ryan Tannehill and his ability to work play action and connect with A.J. Brown, who's one of the best yards after catch receivers. I think that's really where it starts. Uh, obviously, you have to pay your respect to the guys in, in the trenches. The right tackle position is going to be interesting because they released Dennis Kelly. They drafted Isaiah Wilson. Last year, obviously, that didn't work out. But they were able to get a, a pretty solid player in Dylan Radin, who I think is eventually going to take over that right tackle spot. In the meantime, Tyson Bregolo and Kendall Lamb, two guys who are traditionally reserves, they'll man that right tackle spot. It is something to, to pay attention. I don't know why they released Dennis Kelly, honestly. I thought that he was a guy that was a perfect placeholder for whoever was going to take it over next. But they didn't have to do it, you know, for for a bit. So. Um, I think their draft was solid. There's a big, huge if, right? Caleb Farley, he, that's a bad man when he's healthy. But my thing is, after you have an L5, L4, an S1 injury, and you're dealing with that sciatic nerve and, and whether or not that's going to 
you, you know, allow you to still have that quick twitch, that's something to be concerned about. But if he's healthy, then they got a bargain, right? Yeah. You know, they bought an Aston Martin at Mercedes-Benz price. So <laughs> it, that, that's a really good deal for them if that works out. The pick I like the most really is actually Elijah Molden, who they got at pick 100. I think he's a corner, a, a safety. He's a DB, actually. That's how I explain what he does. He's a lot similar to Buda Baker. So, yeah, man, I like their draft. You know, Rashad Weaver, this, this situation, right, at any time – there's a, a, a an accusation of anything domestic, anything, you know, hitting a woman is not to be taken lightly, you know. And right. you see so many people rush to judgment and, and, and want to cancel him. I think you need to slow down. But then at the same time, you see so many people saying this woman is, is this young lady is doing some type of money grab. You got to slow down on that, too. I think right. really the, the mature thing, that the grown way to, to go about this is, Look at the facts, right? Present the details, and then wait for more of them to come out. You got to allow the story to be flushed out, and that's still the, the process. But right now, that draft pick may not be a good one. If it wasn't for that, that would have been a solid fourth-round pick. So I want to see what happens there. Desich Patrick, I think, was a really good pick for them. Value there, uh, uh, the receiver out of Louisville. I think he's going to contribute immediately. Not too crazy about the picks. Uh, third round pick, uh, 92 with, with Monty Rice. I think you could have got him a little bit later. And the Brady Breeze one and Racy McMath, these are, are six round picks. I just, they're special teams guys primarily. So if they can come in and be core special teamers, I think they, they made solid picks. But I think there were better players available to them. So we'll see what happens, man. The offense, I think, is is is, is going to be the question mark. Ironically, and this is a team that's coming off of averaging 30 points per game, right? And a team that was one of the uh, the highest uh, grossing offenses and everything as far as yards are concerned, touchdown. But Arthur Smith is gone. Corey Davis is gone. Jalen Smith is gone. So they have to figure out how to get that production. Adam Humphreys is gone as well. So tight end, slot receiver, those are some, some areas for improvement. Then defensively, I think they look really good, though. Um, I, I like the Bud Dupree acquisition. I just don't know that he's going to be a, a, a big time help immediately because he just tore his ACL in December. Right. But Jack Rabbit Jenkins drafting Farley, as we mentioned, then Christian Fulton is an up and coming player. Kevin Byard is still, you know, one of the, the top safeties in the game. I wouldn't call him top five right now, but I still think he's top 10. And then you have, you know, Jayon Brown, you got Jeffrey Simmons. They have a lot of really good players. It's just a matter of making it all come together. They got Jim Schwartz to help out too. So I guess uh, we'll, we'll see how it works. Yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued to see it because this team probably in this division, you know, besides, well, no, I would, to me, I would say they're, they're probably the most interesting team only. Yes, with all the Deshaun Watson stuff going on um, with the Texans. But like you said, they lost a lot of core pieces. The, losing Smith and Corey Davis, Corey Davis was really starting to come along. I was yeah. very huge on Corey Davis when he was coming out. And I said, man, he's going to be good. I, at least I had that vibe. Uh, and he started to pick it up last year. And I'm like, you know, but you, you can't blame the man for going to go get the money. I, you really you cannot be upset with him with that, but I, I just I like my bright Brable as a coach. I think he's going to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, they're going to have to figure it out because this team they they can't regress. Eleven and five, you can't go to, back to nine and seven, right? And, and I think people will be on the hot seat if they do. So they have to move it forward. Josh Reynolds, I think, was a a low key acquisition that that should help offensively, but 
really it, it just boils down to they still got to figure kicker out. <laughs> There's a lot of question marks <laughs> in that roster. But fortunately for them, they're in the AFC South where, you know, the Jaguars are the Jaguars, right? And, and right. the Texans are, uh, have that mess. But the Colts, they got Carson Wentz. We'll see how that works. I think, you know, those two teams, the Colts and, and Titans, that's where it comes down to in a division. Yeah, I mean, no, I, yeah, I got to agree with that on that because, I mean, if anybody would surprise anybody, it would probably be Jacksonville. I know that sounds crazy, but yeah. I think Jacksonville would probably be the one that surprised them depending on they've had, you know, made some nice pieces, you know, pick those nice pieces, pick nice pieces they picked up in the last couple of, uh, you know, last couple of months. You know, they're going to have a, a nice little backfield with Hyde and Etienne. And then you got Robinson, who nobody, even though, you know, Robinson uh, had a great year, had a thousand yards last year, he's not getting the love and i'm like if, if you give those three guys together they will have something going there and they've got a nice little young receiving core they still got some things they can do with that dj chark has been nice so we will see if the afc south and, and what they can pull out yeah yeah we'll see man all right now ladies and gentlemen it is time for my favorite segment of the show it is time for quick ones are y'all ready for the Teron Davenport version of Quick Ones, ladies and gentlemen? Are you ready, Teron? Are you ready for Quick Ones? You stay ready so you never have to get ready, man. My man. <laughs> All right, here we go. We'll start it off with this one. Give me your favorite sports moment. Favorite sports moment. Uh, Jesse Orozco, swinging a miss, struck him out, struck him out. The Mets win. 1986, man, winning the World Series. That's, that was my favorite sports moment i love that a close second because i got to see it live was uh vernon davis catching that touchdown against the saints in the divisional playoff game being there and feeling the energy and uh, i might as well keep going because another one patrick robinson picking off case keenum and, and just it, the energy in that i remember lincoln financial field that press box was literally going like this because the people in there were going so quick. Not in the press box, the fans. So three moments. Yes, for one, I gave you three. Oh, hey, we'll take all of them. <laughs> we'll take all of them here. Well, we talk about favorite. Let's go to your worst. What is your worst sports moment? Oh, uh, man, that's that's a tough one. My oh, it, no, it's not. It hit you. It hit you. It hit you quick. It, it, it hit me. It hit me. <laughs> Division, uh, National League Championship Series. I told you baseball was my first love. Right, right. National right. League Championship Series. The Mets are down, I think it was by two. It's a three and two count, two outs. Adam Wainwright is on the mound. Carlos Beltran is batting. Oh. And he took a called third strike. I, <laughs> I can't even speak to that. It, does, it doesn't Get go away. Bat. Get the bat off your off your back, off your shoulder, man. It doesn't Three and go two, away. two outs. You gotta swing anything close. Foul it off. You don't take a strike. Oh my goodness, and, that, and that's crazy. You know, I, I think I remember that series too. That's oh man. I mean, you know, the Mets have had some decent teams here and there the last. You know, maybe like every couple of years they have a team that like kind of surprise you. You know, they went to the World Series what? A couple years back, maybe like four or five yeah, years three back. years back. Yeah, they went, they went, they've been to the World Series. So, like, they, you know, they've, the last couple of years, you talk about their pitching staff. All you hear is about that, how young and talented that pitching staff is. It just seems to never kind of, you know, get together. But this year, you know, that division, that thing is wide yeah, open. Right. <laughs> yeah, but the, 
three hundred million dollar man has to get it together. Yes, I, I, I need, I need, got, got to get it together. Yeah, I still, I, I, I'm a Lindor fan. You know, my favorite player on the Mets is Donald Smith, though, and not because of what he's doing on the field, off the field. He's from Compton. Uh, he went to Crenshaw High, same high school as Daryl Strawberry, and he's doing a lot to. Uh, he established a, a baseball academy out there to get oh, awesome. to get guys to. Um, you, you know, younger black men to, to be invested in baseball and, and play baseball. So shout out to Dominic Smith for that one. Yeah, shout out to Dominic Smith. I love that. I mean, you know, it. You know, unfortunately, African-Americans don't play the game as much as like when I was growing up, it was a lot more in the game. And now, you know, it's more of a, I would say more of a Latino, um, you know, you know, uh, I don't want to say fan base, but a Latino um uh, demographic in major league baseball now so i mean and that's nothing wrong with that but it would be nice to see a couple of more african-americans you know make that leap you know so we'll, we'll yeah, definitely see sure. on that uh right, let me correct one. myself he's not from compton he's from la excuse me la la okay gotcha yeah. gotcha but i mean still nevertheless i mean that that's a big deal big deal yeah. um next one your favorite athlete of all time Dale strawberry man like i i've yeah, Dale Strawberry has to be my favorite athlete of all time. I met him a few times. I met him three times, man, and it, and it was great. Awesome, awesome. Now, let me give this one for you. The the athlete that every time you see him, you say, Ooh. or in your past when you were young and you saw him, you're like, man, I can't, this dude is always ruining stuff for me. Who is that guy? Who's that guy that you kind of despise when you were growing up? Maybe not hate him, but just despise a little bit. <laughs> Vince Coleman. Oh. Yeah, Vince Coleman. <laughs> Used to always he he kill the Mets man he he'll butt get on base steal second steal third and Willie McGee would would or Andy Van Slyke would slap single and he scored and then he signed with the Mets and I tried to like him and you had the, the tarp incident where you know he broke his leg and and it just never went right man that that's that's crazy it's kind of like Adrian Beltre for me. Was Ooh, killing, he, yeah. was, he was killing it for everybody else came to seattle took all our money and did nothing i was like bro then he left with i want to either say la or boston won the world series and then he went to boston won the world series then yeah. went to la and went back to the world series i said you know what nope nope yeah. i'm not <laughs> he was one that always kind of bothered me uh now two random ones here to finish off quick ones first one drums or flats? Oh, <laughs> uh, I like the flats, man. I like the yes. flats. I, yes. I rip them apart and, and yeah, I like the flats. The My, drums are easier to eat, but give me the flats. I, I'm a flats guy. I don't know what it is. Maybe it, it's something about it. I mean, I don't, I like either or, but I got to agree with you, brother. It's all about the flats. Some people are going to be mad at us for this, but that's all right as well. Uh, last one. Top three cereals. What's your top three cereals? You know, I don't really eat cereals anymore. Um, no, I, I I don't. Man, I, I try to stay away from dairy. But let's see. It, <laughs> we could go. I, I used to like I, Cookie Crisp. Cookie Crisp. Okay. Regular Frosted Flakes. OG. And OG. I, I like Fruity Pebbles too when I was younger. You know, but. Yeah. Uh, you you never got the Kellogg's Frosted Flakes, right? It was only that yeah. store brand, you know what I'm saying? But you, you didn't need it in there. You got the off-brand one. They had more sugar in there than the uh, Kellogg's yeah. one. 
Well, that's right. That's, that's a different conversation. You know, they like to feed us that that stuff. You know that that they, you know that's a different conversation we can have. Uh, a more in depth one. But yeah, exactly. You're right. <laughs> All right, that was the Toronto Davenport edition of Quick Ones here on One on Ones. And before we get off of here, first I want to say. Thank you to Ron for coming on and, and, and gracing us with your presence here on one-on-ones. And before we go, I need to know uh, your legacy. What type of legacy do you want to leave in the sports journalism world? And if you have any special projects going on right now, man, let us know. Yeah. Legacy wise. I, I want journalists to understand it's okay to be yourself and it's okay to loosen up. It's okay to crack a joke. We're not trying to cure cancer or anything like that. You know, have fun with it. And I think more of us need to do that. So that would be my legacy. They'd be like, you know, that dude loved what he did, never had a problem working hard. And dang, he had fun. <laughs> I love it, brother. No special projects going on right now? Uh, I mean, just continuing to work through the draft series. I got a Caleb Farley post coming. It'll probably be up next week. Uh, just you know espn.com man just keep pumping out this titan stuff there awesome awesome ladies and gentlemen the wonderful teron davenport thank you brother for coming on here on episode 39 on one-on-ones here on the legacy maker sports network i appreciate you brother keep knocking out the park man and just know that just listening to your story today has given me that extra little boost brother appreciate it man thanks for having me Darrell. All right, everybody, I'm Darrell Lawrence of the Legacy Maker Sports Network. This has been One on One. One, 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 one. Welcome to the one on one, one on one. When it comes to ratings, man, we number one. I get the truth, then I give them the scoop. If anybody got a question, I give them the proof. Welcome to the one on one. When it comes to ratings, man, we number one. I get the truth, then I give them the scoop. If anybody got a question, I give them the proof. Welcome to one on one at Legacy Maker Sports Network.